Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and I'm your host for these Bible study podcasts. Today we are continuing with our review of the key principles of effective Bible study based on a booklet of the same name available on our podcast page at biblestudy.asbzone.com. This podcast is inspired by the following Bible verse, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what is the goal of this series of studies? It's to help you obtain greater value from your Bible study and devotional sessions. These episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each and focused on key principles that God teaches us through His Word. Most people know that Bible study is essential to the Christian experience, and many people realize that without prayer, Bible study is futile and unproductive. But there are other, less known principles that the Scriptures also teach us, and our goal is to present them to you. These will help you to see God's Word in a more expansive way and will assist you in becoming just like the noble Bereans of Acts 17, 10 through 12. Today's study is entitled, The Blessings and Cursings of God Are Alike Conditional. But before we begin this study, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of coming together like this, We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for the promise that if we lack wisdom, we can ask it of you. So we ask you now that you'll give us wisdom and understanding, that we will rightly divide your words of truth and be able to deal with this important topic, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The blessings and cursings of God are alike conditional. It might seem strange to many, that the blessings and cursings of God are said to be conditional. It might seem even blasphemous to suggest that God's prophecies are conditional. But the Bible is very clear that where God pronounces good for someone, or evil for someone, to the extent that they abide in His will, or return to His will, that good will come to pass, or that evil will be suspended. And to the extent that they remain outside His will, or turn away from his will, evil will come to pass, or the former good that was promised to them will be suspended. The people of Nineveh, under the preaching of Jonah, are a prime example of prophesied evil being turned away from, and the children of Israel, throughout their long history, provide ample examples of both blessings and cursings depending on their spiritual condition and choices. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, we see the same principle as discussed above applied to individuals. Some may ask, well, what of the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, which speak of the blessings for God's people and the restoration of all things? Are we to understand that these are also conditional prophecies? Absolutely. The events themselves are not conditional. They will most definitely come to pass. But the persons who will constitute each group in the great controversy, the saved and the lost, will be determined by the choices of each individual. So it will be conditional 
on a per-person basis, not on a per-prophecy basis. As discussed in the principle regarding who is Israel, no group of people is going to be saved automatically or unconditionally simply due to nationality or ethnicity or geography. All will be conditional upon choice, faith, and obedience. Let's look at the verses that we have, again from the King James. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 3. Really, the whole of Deuteronomy 28 is important, but we're just going to focus for the purpose of this discussion on the first three verses of Deuteronomy 28 and verses 13 through 16. Here's how it reads. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations on the earth. And all these blessings will come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field, etc. and so on. He, Moses pronounces a bunch of other blessings. And then we get to verse 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. And it continues throughout, throughout the rest of that chapter. Basically, a direct reversing of the blessings mentioned up to verse 13. Another passage. This passage is very direct as well. Jeremiah 18, 7-10. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation? This is the Lord speaking. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Okay, so that passage right there, this is the Lord speaking through Jeremiah, and that passage right there is a reflection of what Moses told the children of Israel. Okay, Moses was a lot more detailed. He said a lot more stuff. The Lord is always more concise. Uh, but it's the same principle. If I make a pronouncement for good, and you drift away, and you do evil, then I'm not going to provide that benefit. And if I make a pronouncement of evil, and you turn unto me, turn from the evil, then I will 
shift as well. Let's see that one come to pass. Jonah chapter 3 verses 6 through 10. For a word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Awesome passage. But it says exactly what we've been told. Now, if you look at Jonah's prophecy, Jonah's prophecy doesn't sound conditional. That's one of the things that makes it very important here. It doesn't sound conditional. He says, in 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. That sounds pretty straight and direct. But the Bible already shows that the Lord is merciful, that whenever we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Yes, that statement is written in the New Testament, but that principle is evident in the Old. Likewise, if we were in favor with him and then we drift off and go away, the blessings cannot continue. There are many who see that blessings written in the Bible and assume that they are perpetual because they were once given. And that's not how it works. If that were the case, Lucifer could not have fallen because he was once a covering cherub. If that were the case, Cain could not have gotten rejected. Esau could not have fallen away. Judas could not have fallen away, right? The Bible is quite evident. Ezekiel 3, 18 through 21 shows us that the righteous can turn away and therefore die and their previous righteousness will not be remembered and that the wicked can turn away and therefore live and their wickedness will have been forgiven. While we don't want to, we're not trying to suggest that every single thing that God says is dependent on people, right? If God makes a promise to a group of people, that promise is contingent on them being in harmony with his will. But if he makes a more general sovereign statement, as we find in the apocalyptic prophecies, then those things will come to pass, and where the condition applies is who gets impacted, right? So here's an example that covers both instances. God promised Abraham that his descendants would inherit Canaan. Of course, the promise to Abraham is broader than Canaan, right? Ultimately, it's the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. But Canaan was also one of the things that was given to them. That was, that was an initial blessing that they were going to get, the descendants of Abraham. So now God goes, he rescues them from Egypt. And while they're in the wilderness preparing to get into Canaan, the people decide, no, we can't, there are giants in the land, etc., and so on. And so God called that his, the breach of promise. So what happens? All of those people died, except for Joshua and Caleb. 
all of the folks that were 20 years and upward perished in the wilderness and did not get to go into Canaan because they were faithless, right? They were unbelieving. But God had promised that the children, that Abraham's descendants were going to get into Canaan. So a set of descendants did get into Canaan, but not the first group that came out that should have gone if they had exhibited faith. So they, by their own choices, by their own exhibition of unbelief, by their lack of obedience, they failed to get the blessing, and yet God's word was true, and in fact, Abraham's descendants went in. Likewise, when we look at the apocalyptic prophecies, we will see that there is a righteous and a wicked. There are the remnant, there's the multitude on Mount Zion in white robes, and then there are the people asking for the rocks to fall upon them and those who accept the mark of the beast. We have the ability to choose if we're going to be in group A or group B. We have the ability to choose. There will be a group that is saved. There will be a group that is redeemed. There will be a group that gets to go to heaven and then come back and then God cleanses the earth. There will be a group that ends up in and with the new Jerusalem. Okay? The conditional part is, will I be in that group? Will you be in that group? That's what's conditional. So there are some prophecies where the entire condition is based on the people to whom it was given, the specific people. But there are some prophecies where the winners and the losers are already established in terms of the fact that there will be a winning group and there will be a losing group. What is left to be determined is who will make up which group. As discussed in the principle regarding who is Israel, no group of people is going to be saved automatically or unconditionally simply due to nationality or ethnicity or geography. All will be conditional upon choice, faith, and obedience. Thanks for taking this time to study with us today. We encourage you to prayerfully review the booklet in conjunction with this recording. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for this very important principle because it helps us to understand that we always we need to abide. This is why Jesus emphasized abiding in the vine. This is why John spoke about walking as he walked. This is why Paul so often spoke about following in the footsteps of Christ. Salvation is not a matter of one time and everything is fine nor is it a matter of geography, or heredity, or ethnicity, or nationality. It's about choosing to accept the promises of God, choosing to embrace the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. We ask you to please help us that we'll understand this, help us that we'll rightfully apply these principles as we study your word, and fit us for your service in your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening in. And if you have any questions, be sure to send them to BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com and we will do our best, by God's grace, to provide you with biblical answers to those questions. If you are finding these studies to be a blessing, please let us know all about it and also share these studies with others. 
Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you study His Word.